Alright folks, the music's over so that can mean one thing. You are back with Mostly Ghostly. Back in the building, you have myself, Machu, and you have Ray Booten. How you doing over there, Ray? Not bad. How about you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, we got an interesting subject on the show today that we kind of stumbled into. And were you hip to this beforehand, or is this kind of a new one for you? Kind of a new one. Yeah. So what it is today is it's the water babies, you know what I mean, from Pyramid Lake, Nevada. Uh, supposedly, like a curse type deal, we'll get d- deep into it, but water babies are basically from a rough idea of what water babies are, is a vengeful bunch reportedly responsible for uh, calamities ranging from equipment malfunctions to beating acc- to boating accidents to disappearances. Some accounts say that they target fishermen lurking just below the surface waiting for the opportunity to seize and drown those that get too close to the water. You know, other there's some other accounts that are less dramatic, but that's really kind of the wild style right there. You know what I mean? Uh, ventral spirits in water. That's a, that's common in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's almost, it has a Native American vibe to it, I think, from the get-go. That's what I, it reminds me a lot of that famous Native story of, like, the, uh, the cliff. You know, there's a lot of, like, cliff stories, I should say, where, like, a torn lover, you know, will lead people to it. You know, maybe somebody went there. What, you, there's a famous Native American story where there is a, maybe not quite a po- princess, maybe a Pocahontas, maybe not quite a princess, though. And, uh, she does like the person she loves she can't have or something like that. So she throws herself into the river and she dies. And then after that, supposedly people see her at the river and she kind of tries to get gentlemen to follow her over the waterfall or something like that into the waterfall and die. Um, it was one of those things. That's the kind of vibe I get with the water baby deal, you know? Well, that Native American one you just said, that's a, that's out of Massachusetts. Yeah. That's why. So that's why I knew that one. I've been there a few times, you know. But uh, yeah, they got a couple of stories I think associated with the local tribe out there. Yeah, that that explain or give it different explanations for the things happening. But we have to remember we've talked about it before. Is that uh, water itself is a conductor for spirits? Mm-hmm. It conducts energy. So something being there, if there was a tragedy and holding on to that tragedy, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. It's a, um, I, I get down with it. I think it's kind of cool and creepy. And when I think of water babies, I think of maybe there was a time when uh, the original form of um, abortion could have quite been taking it out to the river and drowning your babies. And maybe there was a certain river they did it in. And now you got these spirits within the in the water. We've talked before about you know the 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 weird theory of like would the ocean trap souls because of the density of the water and that it's such a it's almost like out of space in a way. You know what I mean? There could there could be a there very right very well could be a barrier. That's what that water could be before breaking into you know oxygen. But um, yeah, I see you thinking over there. Well, the, the babies part, I know, um, and I can never, I don't know if it's Paiute or Paiute. It's one of the tribes, not sure how you say it, but there's a tribe out there. They had a, 
and it could be just what the settlers um, said about the tribe because I've never heard of it in uh, any native culture or tribe. The ancient Spartans would do it with their babies, but um, there's a story about how they used to take a look at the babies and any of them that were born that were, um, oh, um, malformed, uh, anything wrong with them. Yeah. That they could see, they would take them to that lake and they would throw them in. That's back when they say drowning was the most peaceful way to go. And it's the spirit of all those babies that got thrown in there that are taking their revenge on whoever goes in that lake. Yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Definitely makes sense. I think that there's another story about um, a creature, what we would call a mermaid, who lived yeah. in a lake, fell in love, was rejected, and or passed out. I don't know a lot of the details, but basically not what she does is she haunts the lake right now. She's pissed. Yeah, the, I've been seeing a lot of videos pop up about mermaids recently, too. Like, new ones, too, not just the, the you know, the oldies. Oldies but goodies, but, um, you know, there's a crazy video of like a small mermaid thing on like a rock, which is looks, it looks kind of wild. I've seen a newer one of like, uh, almost an uh, underwater cam looking up and it looks exactly, it's, it's not, it's, it's the form of a mermaid, what we know to be a mermaid. It's, you know, the, the, the lower bodies, the fish, the upper body is like a, a human-esque form, petite. The only thing that varied is the arms were a little longer than um, humane than a human would be, which is kind of creepy. But uh, everything else is pretty spot on from that visual. And it was like an underwater cam, so it's like a lot of that was pretty elaborate. If you had to fake it, you know what I mean. Uh, there are some uh, some legends and stories of cultures out in Asia mm. where the mermaids are brutal. Yeah, they will. Uh, come up out of the water, they kill, they devour, they, they're not, you know, half woman, half fish thing. These, these are more like demonic mermaids that haunt places and uh, attack fishermen and whole towns mm. have been come up, come ashore and, uh, kill whole villages. So yeah, there, there, are, there are stories about some pretty nasty mermaids out there. You gotta be careful when you type, uh, try that water. Yeah, that's horrifying. We'll have to get into some mermaid, mermaid episode in the future. Maybe a nice summertime episode on the mermaids. Because, yeah, if you th- imagine, yeah, I always just imagined it was complete fairy tale. It's like if, if you're trying to create a story and you're talking about land and sea and, you know, what better story than a little mixture of both? You know what I mean? A little land, land creature, a little sea creature. You got yourself a mermaid. It's a beautiful story. Disney can later make an animated movie about it with penises in their poster artwork. You know what I mean? But as a rarity on the Mostly Ghostly Show, we actually have a little story, a, a little story from an anonymous person about this. So uh, we won't name this person. We'll probably get lawsuited. We don't want that. Uh, But as it goes, I was working at the Nevada legislature having lunch with two colleagues. It was a deadline week to remain alive. Hills needed to be out of a committee by midnight that Friday. Although the committee don't always go to midnight, I needed to be... uh, 
available. The legislator had a, had a full schedule of proceedings starting early the following Monday. Jennifer and Shelley, we can name them, knew that it would be impractical for me to go home and then I would be stuck in Nevada that weekend. We were at one of Jennifer's favorite restaurants, Smiles All Around. Jennifer asked, what are you doing this weekend and when were you, when were you here by yourself? I won't be here by myself. My friend Dan is driving up. We're going fishing at Pyramid Lake. The smile left Jennifer's face replaced by a look of genius concern. Don't you know about Pyramid Lake? Of course I do, I said, most of my smile remaining. It is world-renowned for its Labanatan cutthroat trout. People routinely catch fish over 15 pounds. I'm going going after one with my Zebco. No, she said, looking both directly at me and through me. There's something bad about that lake. It's got a curse. It's got a death curse. People die out there every year, and they never find the bodies. Oh, my, right? Please go on. That's what I'd say. That's nonsense, she would reply. No, really, Mark, the lake is cursed. Uh-oh, I said his name. Shelly had joined the conversation, and she looked as concerned as Jennifer. You shouldn't go. I've already paid the guide. And once you pay to play, you play. You don't fucking turn away. That's not how it goes. So in, so unless the weather turns bad, he's going. And Eunice and the ladies both say the hope the weather is bad. Uh, he thought the warning, uh, thought, thought about their warning all afternoon. These are two highly educated professionals telling him this. Sure, they both had grown up in the area and maybe know about some urban legendy stuff. But maybe it's just urban legendy stuff that isn't real. Uh, he had no doubt that they knew about the lake, but a deadly curse? Get out of here. I did some research that night and learned a number of things about Pyramid Lake, which we're about to foresee in our future right now, learning these same things. Number one is, it's in the heart of the Pyramid Lake. Paiute Reservation. The Paiute tribe regulates all aspects of fishing and recreational activities on the lake. So it's almost like the, the if, if you're if you're not if you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing, maybe these these uh these spirits that this tribe might get down with might have an issue with uh you know killing you. Now, do you have anything? Do you want to say anything about that part of it? The first one. Uh, nope. You know, it's you know you see that it's like they could be there to either control that machine, control whatever that is to contain it, or they're you know from you know it could be a good or a bad thing. You never quite know. Um, it is a surface area of approximately one hundred twelve thousand acres and is three hundred fifty feet deep at its deepest point. It's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. You don't know off the top of your head how 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 far down a human can go before they did. I have no idea, but that's uh, that's deeper than a football field is long. That is way down there. You'd have probably have some pressure problems and everything else. You'd be getting the pressure for shizzle, I think. Well, I wonder how far away it is for two things. Any of the Mostly Ghostly audience out there want to hit us up on the Mostly Ghostly Facebook page and let us know. I'd like to know, one, how deep you have to go before the pressure kills you. Or two, uh, you know, everybody's different, but a rough estimate of, you know, how how far up you could swim before it, it, it finishes up on you. You know what I mean? Um. Now, it's a terminal lake, meaning it has an inlet, but no true outlet. 
So that's the water comes in, but doesn't truly come out. So it gathers. And that's a lot of 350 feet is a lot of, uh, you know, you know, with the different undertoes and, you know, the, the, the water going, you, if something gets lodged down below with the water rotation, it can kind of stay there forever. You know what I mean? I know there's, uh, yeah. I, I would say I, I agree. Once something goes down in that lake, it's going to stay there. You'll never find it. Not that deep. Yeah, I was, I seen something the other day about somebody that, uh, jumped off of a cliff in a waterfall thinking they were going to be slick potatoes. And, uh, when they went in, the water, the water current rushing down was just so heavy that it just buried, like fucking buried them like 40 feet into it. And they, it was just like no coming up. They were just stuck down there because they were going against all that water pushing down and it just wasn't happening. And like they didn't, uh, it took them a while to even get, they knew where he was, but it took them a while to even get him. Pretty harsh stuff. You think you're going to have a funny Facebook picture and next thing you know, you're in a coffin. It's no goo. It's no good. Also with that is you got a number of underwater shelves, caves, and other structures that cannot be seen from the surface, which I guess if you go down there, you know, that's an awful thing too. You jump into something like that, you get down there, then you find a lot of other, other things that are popping up heavy on like the social medias and those like quick videos is, um, a lot of like people climbing through rocks and mountains and with the water. Have you seen any of them? They'll be like, no, I've, no, I've yeah, seen the, some, some shows about crazy people do that, but. Yeah, there's like a lot of, I'll see these videos where it'll be like these like, uh, earlier young, young gentlemen. And they're, uh, they'll be like on their back w- moving in between like a cave or whatever. And there's like a foot and a half in between the two rocks. And there's like, you know, six inches of water in there. And they're just like cruising through it. And, uh, people get stuck and like drowned all the time, I guess. It was just, that's such a scary fucking thing. Cause like just air pockets and stuff. So like you catch yourself in an air pocket, get yourself through it get into the next place and then you find out nah there's no more air there you're 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 kind of fucked and you need to get back into where you were and if you squeeze through like a weird hole or something forget about it scary very scary stuff when i was a young boy uh, my family went to new hampshire on vacation we went to this place i forget the name of it but it was like a cave it was something caves and like what you would do is you would just like you would walk through caves and it'd be super thin. I couldn't do it nowadays. I'm too thick. I'm too thick, Bo. Do it now. But back in the day when I could like squeeze through things and stuff like that, it was, uh, it was fun. So just imagine doing that with water on top of it is not a, that's not a good look. It's almost like being trapped in the ice cubes and you drink, Ray, if you can wrap your head around that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's troublesome. Uh, there are a number, you know, the wind conditions there on the lake can be harsh. Wind speeds and directions often change suddenly and dramatically. You know, that's a lot of water, watery places and, you know, valleys and, you know, with the, you got the trees and the, you know, all that open land and then the trees and stuff. The water, the wind can do some wild things, you know. Because of the wind, the underwater structures, uh, and the lack of an outlet uh, currents on the lake are varied and unpredictable. That goes, the you know, the currents are tricky. Like I said, when you're like, once you get under there, you know, you, everybody knows what undertoes and stuff like that. Even at the beach, you know, it swipes out your feet and it's just moving so quick that you go under the water, you pop up. Now you're a hundred feet away from the beach. It just happens that quick. You're like, oh shit. 
Um, in the same sense of that stuff, there's like stuff on the bottom. You dive down deep enough, get caught in an undertow. It just takes you with it, and uh, you can go deeper. You could just by the time you get out of it, you got no more air for the for the for the swim up. You know what I mean? You got to control your air systems. But uh, Pyramid Lake is big and deep. You know, tricky winds and currents, home to rare species of giant trout, which is uh, why people would want to go there and get themselves a nice one. You know, fishermen and women from around the world willing to do all types of stupid fangs for a shot at catching one. No wonder the lake has more than its share of tragedies. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, that's not what we're here to talk about today, today, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're here to talk about the water babies. So apparently it's haunted by the water babies. As the story goes many years ago, the Paiutes would drown malformed and premature babies, like Rick was saying, in the lake in order to weed out the weak and to keep the tribe strong. You know, that was a very common thing throughout everywhere, weeding out the weak. Um, they don't weed out the weak anymore, right? Nope. All right. Well, that's a very controversial thing to talk about, I think. Weeding out the weak is probably like a uh, scary conversation. Um, that's mostly ghostly for sure, though. Now, the ghost babies can allegedly be heard crying and wailing throughout the lake, especially in the early morning when they want their bubba. And even in the evening hours, and especially during the spring prime fishing times for the Honton trout, you know, that's when the most, the most activity would be happening on the lake. There's a lot of energy. People are on the lake excited. They're happy. They're doing what they love. They're going to catch some fish. They're trying to catch that big trout. Um, a lot of energy there. That's probably what attracts the spiritual uh, energy. What do you think? Yeah, they're feeding into the lake, the energy of the lake and the energy of the uh, babies in there. Yeah. Helping them manifest. It's definitely, yeah. And uh, throw off some energy type deal from that, you know. I'd be curious, though. Uh, but this gentleman, you know, he he ended up going for his, his story, and it was all ridiculous and stuff, and he got all scared out. And uh, I don't know, the story wasn't that fantastic. It was better for the discussion point of it just to get cracking, I think, on these babies. Because I think they were on the same page and with the townspeople of what this might be, of these just spirits of these babies. I think anytime you're killing off, and when we talk about weeding out, weeding out can be anything from, well, back then it could have been having red hair for crying out loud, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be who knows? Um, of course, if you know you got if you're you can't walk or whatever, you know you're looking like it, you, you you're not moving right or whatever. They're gonna probably weed you out. Um, if you're not like you can't hear, like if the baby was deaf or whatever, it wasn't responding to noises. You know what I mean? And, and it goes. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of things. It's like that nowadays. We you know we both learn to deal with and uh, turn into a positive sometimes. You know what I mean? And it's uh, it's kind of crazy. It just goes back to the barbaric times of like, hey, if you don't know, you got to go. You know what I mean? I would think you can ramp up the energy not only from the uh, babies, the water, but even if it was a tradition, if the tribe lived near there mm. and you have the parents that have to put the child down, they may not have always agreed with it. Yeah. And you got their, they, you got their emotions tapping in. They may visit it, 
They may cry there, whatever it may happen to be. So they get all that emotional energy feeding into that lake where those spirits are, and they're just feeding all off of this. And like you said, once that uh, fishing season opens up and people bring all of their energy in there, yeah, uh, um, um, I'd be really surprised if something doesn't happen. Yeah, like you said, there the, the family's emotion, not even sadness, but regret. Like, I wonder if it's a th- something where the family turns them over or if it's just something that the townspeople are like, we don't want something like that around here. You got It's got to go. You know what I mean? So if you're, like, being forced to get rid of your kid or you're going to be exiled, that's kind of a tough one you're going to live with. It's going to probably ring a little deeper in your head um, than if you thought that you were doing the right thing. You know, if you, if you were like, okay, I'm either – doing this baby a favor or, you know, selfishly I'm doing myself a favor by not having it in my life. Um, you're definitely going to have that issue. But if, uh, if they're making you do it, that I'd be curious to see kind of, you know, those wild times I'd almost be curious to see. It'd be lovely. You get like a nice fucking GoPro cam, the time machine, just to see like how crazy this was. It just sounds like complete madness, complete utter madness. But it was probably controlled. Like at that point, for them, it was probably controlled madness. You know what I mean? It probably wasn't even madness to them when they're living it. You know, a lot of people don't realize the insanity of the times that they live in until they go back and look at it or somebody else says, wait a second, halt the brakes, man. You ever think about that? You ever think about how that uh, was? Uh, Oh, yeah. The and it's what we don't understand. We try and understand these things from our perspective in our society right now, but it was so different that uh, there's no way we can come to a full understanding of it. We, yeah. we just can't. They were totally different people. Yeah. For shizzle. For shizzle, for show, you know. Very creepy stuff. Whatever the kids are involved, it's always nightmarish stuff. Um, water babies. Never been a horror movie that I know on the Water Babies. Should be. Hmm. That's got some real potential. You know, the cries, you know, it's the the, the baby cries have been used to lure, you know, people before because it's the most uh, helpless thing, you know what I mean? That's what's the, the creepy thing. It, it, it's not babies. If they, if this, if, if these things are in fact true, it's not the babies. It's an evil energy behind it taking taking. What would you? What, what do you think it is behind it? Actually, that's a good question. What do you think this is? Because it's like they came from a, they were wronged. But it's like are they? Is it still the babies, or is it like an energy of anger, bitterness? that that became like a de- like a demon dark energy that still lurks or is it like you know it's an interesting take i would say it's more like a collective darkness the energy that grew over there over a period of time took on its own form and that is that is what is doing the damage right now So you think it's more of like a, uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going more with an energy that formed into an entity from uh, everything that's happened there. Yeah, that's what I vibe because it, it just got so dark. You know, it's almost like, it's like it gets darker. It's like one, it's like 
they're human. They were human and they had the, the energy and consciousness of a human and then they're done so wrong. It's like, do they know they're done wrong? They're babies. They don't re- all they know is that it got really bad really quick and then it was over. Then they're in this other place. So it's almost like to the babies themselves, are they vengeful or is it like the, sp- the spirit of the evil deed that's done? That is the curse. I go with the spirit of the deed. And you think the babies kind of went to the next, went to the next place, or you think they lingered almost like a haunt? Uh, I think the babies would, would move on, but all that trauma and that anger and that, and any evil that was there kind of came together and formed its own entity. And that's, that's what's doing the revenge right now. It's yeah. using the baby, it's using the babies to, or the baby calls to attract people. Yeah. It's almost kind of like the Freddy Krueger thing where it kind of knows, it knows what it could use against you for fear. Like it knows, you know, this tale of these babies that if it can put the, the cry out, the baby cry out there, you'll be like, Oh, you can, it makes it more real for you. You know, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Cause like, uh, very horrible deaths, but like, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what the whole routine is like leading up to it. It's like, it's, is it all? I wonder if they, they're like treated like garbage. I remember I was hearing about this. I watched this YouTube video today on some crazy fucking, I forget his name. Um, but he was some like religious cult dude and he was like super fuck. He's probably one of the most evil motherfuckers and he like, the kids in his cult, like, if he didn't like one of the kids, he would, like, go nail it to a tree by his clothes, and it would let, he would let the other kids, like, throw rocks and, like, slash at it with knives and stuff. Like, insane stuff. Um, more ugliness, more hu- human ugliness, you know what I mean? But, um, so, like, I wonder if, like, they're treated really badly before they die or if they're just kind of – it goes back to that thing whether or not the family is down with it, I guess. If they're – if the family wasn't – if the family was down with it, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's tricky because it's like if they are if they don't want to lose them, it's going to be the – the, the baby would feel the sense of sadness of what's coming, I assume, the vibe of it. And if it – if they didn't care about the baby, it would be in a weird – place of like not knowing either not knowing what's up or knowing that something bad was coming that'd be my take because like my what i was trying to figure out like all in this big roundabout way i guess was just if these babies knew regular lives and then they went into the water and it's terrible i'm not saying it's good it's definitely an awful thing but they went into the water and it was like i'm wet i can't breathe i'm gone that's all I know about what happened. I don't even know that I, I somebody murdered me. I don't even know this thing. I, I had no idea of this. I just know that I was here, now I'm there. I'm over here now, as Andrew Dice Clay would say. And if you went that quick, I almost feel like there wouldn't be that negative of energy, especially with a kid not exactly knowing what's going on. And I feel like the thing that would keep you behind would be that negative energy. Like we talk about people getting murdered. And like they stick around because they're ghosts, but that's because they know exactly what's going on. They know that somebody just killed them, right? They, you know what I mean? They know, they kind of know what's up a little bit, or they killed themselves, or however it is, or they died from a sickness, or they were, you know, they, they knew, they knew what the deal was with the kid. 
if we're talking about a newborn baby, they have all they know is I'm wet, can't breathe, dead, another place. And they were they were they were just in a place where they couldn't breathe. They were in liquid. So maybe uh I wonder if that's part of the story too, is the fact that like when they were in the womb, they were I wonder if they were that advanced to know that they were in there with liquid to the point where because they do kind of you when you're in the in the you are breathing liquid, aren't you, when you're in the when you're in the womb? Yes. So it's like what if it it's such a weird deal. And then you get out of that. It's like you, you, when you're in the womb, you can't, you could live under, you're living in water. It's such a weird thing. And then once you get out and you breathe oxygen, breathe that air for the first time, then it's like, uh, go, no, go back. No, go back to breathing that liquid as a no go, you know, but I guess maybe I wonder if their, their theories and their, their, their lore uh, is tied into the fact that they were so, if they are babies, if they just came from the liquid and they went back into the liquid, maybe they didn't exactly die. Maybe they kind of swam off, so to speak, or their soul swam off in, into it. Um, very weird, very weird and crazy. What do you think about that? I'd have to say it depends on how young they're putting the babies in, whether yeah. it's days, weeks, or months, because very rapidly any baby forms in a and a, an attachment, at least to the mother, if not other family members. It may not intellectually know it the same way it does as an adult, but there is an attachment there. Um, on a basic level, they know pain. So if you're simply dumping them in there and they're struggling to breathe and taking the water in, on a basic level, there is there is some trauma there. There's some struggle of trauma as they release. Yeah. And that may be that may be stored by the water and if that is done repeatedly uh, with a lot of babies then it just builds up and it builds up and if there is anything else in that water that uh, if it's conducting any other energy who knows what's living in those caves underneath there or what else has happened out there then it can just tap into that energy and grow Yeah, and man yeah it's interesting. It's like if you're all, if you're if you're so young you don't even understand death yet, then that situation and dying, then that situation would probably just be a couple moments of discomfort that you would assume would would raise and everything would be cool again. Except when it raises, you're in a different place. So to, you know what I mean? As it's interesting, there are a lot of uh, cultures around the world that believe that. Babies and young children in particular, they can see and communicate with spirits. Sometimes when they have an imaginary friend, it's not an yeah. imaginary friend, it's a spirit. So yeah. how young that starts, how their connection with the spirit world is, it has to be there from, from the beginning. And it's the world that beats it out of them so they can't communicate or see it anymore. As they get older, they get, con- yeah. they get conditioned against it. So I'm wondering, even as a baby... Are they on a different level than we are? And what what do they what do they recognize that's going on? I don't know. So when a baby see has like a, I always assume that they just thought they were real people. You know, like you think the kid is in tune with the fact that it's it's a spirit. It's not a person. It's an actual spirit. I I always assume that they would just go, oh, it's the neighbor or a friend of the family or something, and. Not not exactly a ghostly figure, you know? Well, when you're talking with them and 
I have with with the very young and playing with them and and talking with them and stuff, they don't treat them the same as they do a family member. Yeah. They don't bring them, they don't tend to bring them up a lot with other people or engage with them a lot when other people are around. It's mostly uh, when they're on their own or with someone trusted that they have these interactions or admit to it. Or they just try it because they know that they can hear adults in their point point of view so that they know it's, it's okay. Uh, it's just, you know, my play friend. And they leave it at that because they know adults don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's such a, when a kid dies, I assume that where you're at before you, before you're born is different than where you're at when you die, but who am I to assume that? You know what I mean? I feel like it's two different places, but I, it could be the same deal. And I never really kind of thought about it like that if it's the same place. What's your take on those places? I know you you're. Yeah, go ahead. I, well, I know you're. I know you're reincarnation. I know you believe in reincarnation. But outside of that, do you think is it, do you think those two places are a different place, or do you think that that's kind of the same place before you're born and then when you die? I believe there is a place you may go for a while uh, before you're reborn. I mean, it it depends on. Depends a lot on the culture. I know that in Judaism, you have the guff. I think it's called that. That is the hall of souls where the souls yeah. come down to go, to go into body. So there, and there are other faith systems that have places where people will, or their essence, their spirit will live before they're reincarnated or before they choose, they choose. And some people can choose to come down on this, in this, uh, planet. Mm. They live in, other dimensions, other realms. Yeah. Yeah. Like a purgatory type deal? Or no? Not quite. Uh, I don't think so. Well, I know, for instance, if you're talking in enlightened, uh, someone who's supposed to be enlightened, you do have in several esoteric traditions, you have what is called the... Uh, just went in and out of my head to oh temple of ascended masters it's an actual place and a temple where these higher souls gather together sometimes choosing to come back and help and other times choosing to help from the other side but it's with where they congregate where they they come together collectively and try and help mankind yeah hmm I, well, I I like the the name of their agency is pretty 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 cool. That'd be a good podcast name, actually. Uh, well, are you familiar with um, dry deaths with baby, which is kind of a weird thing that I found out a couple years ago when I started, you know, maybe more than a couple years ago. But when I started having nieces and nephews, there's a thing called a dry death where they can get water in their lungs and like uh, like everything can be cool. I guess it could be milk too or whatever, but they get liquid in their lung. And uh, they can be act completely normal and then go to bed and like pass away because and they drown because of the liquid in their lung or whatever. You ever heard of that? No, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, dry death. I could be wrong. I could be in the twilight zone, but I'm pretty positive that's a thing. 
If we had some trauma mamas out there, maybe they could help us. You were just on the trauma mamas show. How'd that go? Good time. Good people. Good folks. We had them on uh, the Mostly Ghostly show, I believe, the episode before this one. So very good folks, you know. That would have been a good one for them. We'll have them back on and we'll talk about ghostly babies. Um, but yeah, dry death is a real thing, I believe. I could ask them about dry death. So, as we, uh, you know, we got, we got, we come to almost come down to a wrap on this one a little bit. This is like a quickie, mostly ghostly, but we, the, the, the fans been hitting us up. They like a little quickies from time to time. It doesn't have to be all long, drawn out and romantic and stuff, you know what I mean? But you got these lake babies, these water babies. I assume something like this would not be in every, every, uh, you know, stretch of water, but I guess this one had the history of dumping, get, getting rid of those babies, but I'm sure they weren't the only people doing it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Where does it all go? It all gets trapped in that, 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 that lake is like a jar pretty much for the supernatural. You know what I mean? There's really nowhere for it to go. It can go 300 feet deep down, which is nice, but. You know, you get bored after a while, after a couple thousand years, you know what I mean? You don't want to stretch your feet, dig a little deeper. What do you, where do you think a mermaid came from? You think that was just a species that was always there, like all the way back? Or you think that was somebody messing around trying to mash up a human and a fish? And, you know, with some, like, uh, some scientist or something, and then it got released? So what are we dealing with with a mermaid? This is just a tease. Uh, yeah. It predates science. There are ancient cultures that have mermaids, so it's something that goes way back. You think it? Do you read? You on it? Do you, person Ray Bowden, personally think that there there was a real species way back when that was a mixture of of the fish and the, and the human, or do you think it was something for maybe stories of? As soon as people started telling mythical stories, it, they were. You know, the human and the fish mixed together was right there next to the human and the fucking the tiger mix, you know, like mixing up the the the, the wilderness animals with people. You know what I mean? It could be a genetic memory since we do come from the sea. Yeah. That's what they say, we crawled out of the sea. Yep. Why can't, why can't why do we drown then? We're just so far away from that era that it's just now water kills us. Yeah, we evolved past it we don't have the capacity anymore why do you think we'd want to get out of the ocean just to kind of conquer the earth or to, to roam or you think we were spooked out of the ocean that's a good that's a scary question uh maybe it just got a little too crowded in there that's it yeah maybe man that's deep that's some serious evolution right there brother Imagine how long it would have to take for us to go back into being able to just walk into the water and not die and, and, and go live under the water. I think we get like three minutes tops and then it's sayonara. It'd be interesting. And, you you know, the progression of evolution, you know, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. So it's like, what did they did? It? It's like, I, I'm just, I'm very curious of how that all kind of came about. It's just like, a fish flopped out of just flopped out of the fucking water one day and didn't die. Took short breaths, you know what I mean. Tried to keep some water in his lungs to even it out, and then it slowly. Usually, it's a. It, it, I don't know, man. 
it's a lot of trial and error, I feel. It's weird. It's almost, I don't know. It's a weird deal. That one's weird for me. What makes the fish want to leave? What makes the fish even realize that there is a land? It's like us going into space almost. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe the theory of us going into space and the aliens are just evolved us like we evolved from the fish coming out of the water. Maybe that's truly what it is. You know? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I mean, there have there have been cartoon jokes about it, you know, that showing that uh, fish leaving the water while the uh, fish wife is over there giving him a hard time, so he's <laughs> heading up. He's heading up out of the water. That's I mean, funny. People make jokes about it like that. Where does that fit into the religious world? I assume they hate that because then it, then man's not exactly God made, so to speak. Or in it made in his image, if you will. Well, it's also going to depend yeah, on what you call his image. We tend to, as human beings, think that it's a human image. How do we know it isn't something spiritual way beyond us? Yeah. You, the image you, of God is what lives in our hearts, not necessarily our faces. Yeah. That goes way deeper than I ever thought it was. If that was the case, we've evolved that far and have the same God after being fish. That's wild. I was waiting for you to say God's a Cthulhu type creature. That was that was what I was waiting for. Could be, you never know. Who knows? No, I was I was thinking like you know the the water babies. Yeah, you have a. Uh, it's a horror film. People hear it. They hear the voices and stuff. Things happen to them. People drown. But, and it turns out the water baby, there are little baby-like creatures in there. Yeah. They lure the people in. And the interesting part is that they've got these killer teeth. They're more like piranha. They not only lure the people in there, they devour them. Yeah, yeah. Never to be seen again. That, that, that's my horror flick. That's my horror flick and, and interpretation, how to do it. Well, since you brought up horror flick, I do want to mention that uh, the mostly ghostly boys will be, I believe, both of us uh, at the Dead of Winter Horror Festival in Worcester, Massachusetts on uh, Sunday, February 25th, 2024, Mechanics Hall, 319 Main Street, Worcester, Massachusetts. Come to the Boombastic Films booth. We are screening, uh, special treatment will be screening and we'll be at the booth all day long. I'm Ray, you're going to be there, I believe, right? Yep. So maybe we'll have a nice limited edition, uh, a little eight by 10 or something nice for mostly ghostly fans that come by. Maybe me and Ray can sign for them nice and, uh, should be fun. We did the first year. First year we played Insomniac, which was nice. And we had a booth there, met a lot of cool folks and, uh, yeah, this year, part two, part two. I think they took a little break because of the COVID deal, but uh, they're starting it up again. They moved it over to Worcester. I believe first year was Taunton, Mass. Now we're over at the Mechanics Hall in Worcester, which I believe is over by the DCU Center, if not within. Um, but definitely, that's how you do meet and greet. You got, not only do you have the two mostly ghostly gentlemen in the building, myself, Matthew, and Ray Booten himself, you also have from the film Special Treatment, like I said, Ray Bootman playing the great sheriff, of course. But we have Alexander Hawk. We have Christopher J. Long. And we have Billy Coyne, special effects guru. Uh, should all be in the house, I believe. So it should be fun. 
um, stop in and uh, say hi. You know what I mean? Always good stuff. Back to the water babies. There will be no water babies in attendance. I hope not. I hope there's no water babies there. Keep them in a fish tank or something. Uh, being a spiritual guru that you are, if you could get your hands on some water babies, would you keep them in a fish tank in your house over that with some like with a big cross lid over it so they can't get out? What are you thinking? I'd set them free. You're a good man. You're a good man, Ray. I, when I think of the the water babies, I think of the um, the museum that burnt down the Warrens Museum they had with all that weird cursed stuff in it. And I could picture water babies in a little fish tank in that in that museum somewhere. Now, when you're in Worcester, yeah, there is right in the city. I mean, it's on the edge of. It's not that far away from where the hall is. Um, there is a park that has a huge lake in it. Okay, probably probably maybe a mile, two miles max from where where this event is, from where the horror fest is. There's a huge lake, very big. I don't know if there's any stories about it. Worcester's an old stomping ground. I went to Assumption College. Well, it's Assumption University now. Yeah. That's in Worcester, and I, I went there. But, um, yeah, there's a big there, – there might be some water babies up there in that lake. I know Alexander Hawk is in Nevada as we speak, so I should see get the Lake Pyramid. Go take a dip. I'll say. I heard. I was watching uh, some show. They said if you're in Nevada, go take a dip in Lake Pyramid. It gives you. It, it increases your lifespan. Makes you a happier person. Gives you a glow. And then when he gets out, I'll say, "Nah, I was joking. That's where the water baby is at." Kid. They could have pulled you down and killed you. Really upset him. He wants to see something paranormal. He says he. He doesn't naysay. He just has never seen anything himself. I hope to be there when Alex sees something. I know he's not going to be able to handle it. He's going to go crazy. Go crazy. You know? Most people do. You know? Um, if you were, if you were, if you witnessed a water baby, how would you handle it? Let's say you're, you're walking down by the water. It's, 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 it's dusk. You know what I mean? It's starting to get dark. You start hearing the the, the the crying. The crying. First of all, you're not going to think it's water. You're not going to think of a water baby, I don't think. You're going to think someone's got a kid nearby. Probably you offer a blessing or a prayer. That's good. You think you could... You think that the blessing of prayer would... What do you think it would take to get it out of there, to get them not there? That much negative energy like that from a situation, how much would it? How much good energy would it take to release them to be able to go to a peaceful place and not have to be stuck in Lake Pyramid? As long as you were strong enough to make them realize that they don't have to stay. Hmm. And that's enough. Has there ever been a group of, like a, a, like, a team of people that, I know we have ghost hunters all over the place, but a team of people that pro- don't even promote it, but they cruise around to these hot spots, not to look for these spirits, but to cleanse them and release them, not to make money off of, you know, oh, you know what I mean, like a walk-through camera deal, but to just go there and try and release spirits? Uh, I've heard of some groups, but I don't know personally that much about them. Because I feel like that's that's almost... You know, I love an investigation like the next guy, but like you feel like that's almost the right thing to do 
would almost to be go around, you know, releasing them as opposed to maybe like, you know, just kind of communicating and, uh, you know, almost making a night of it, you know, it's something to do that night, you know, but where, if, but you really do a lasting impression, much like a human, you go the further, you go further with them. If you, you know, you'd be, be, be kind and not exploitive, you know what I mean? And just kind of show them the right path and let them be on, let them be on. And, uh, you know, there's all, you, you often hear about these hot spots of paranormal activity and then you go there and you don't see anything or hear anything. And I almost wonder if it's because it was such a hot spot. So many people know that somebody actually went there and exercised it, so to speak. And the spirits actually moved on. There's no longer anything haunting that house. You know what I mean? That's possible, I'm sure, right? It's possible. Also, the people that are charging money for people to come in and see ghosts don't want others to know that. They keep the legend going. For sure, for sure. Um, now, with that being said, if it's possible for that, is it also possible for them to come back or something else come back by them faking the funk? I would say you might call in something else when these people take out the Ouija boards or anything else and try and do communications. They're calling out the spirits. They may bring something else into that location. Yeah. Original things should be able to roam free, though, you think, and then something else would come in once the door is open, so to speak? You You leave the door wide open. Anything can come through. You heard it here first. So... This was a fun one. This was a fun little ditty we did, getting into the water babies. It's an interesting subject. It popped up on my radar the other day. I hit up Ray. I said, you know about this? He's like, no, nah, I'm not fully hip to it. But uh, we did our research, a little bit, a little bit of professional in- investigating, you know, got some PIs on the case, sent us the notes. And now we uh, we kind of close this chapter. Um, before we close out, what are we thinking, Ray? We think this is a real thing. We think this is lore, just some, some, uh, urban legend. Do you think this is a real thing? I think there's something in that lake. It's the, the legend is based on something. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Either it's them or like, you know, we always talk about that. The, the human mind, uh, was it consumption? No, not consumption. That's something else. Conjuring. Conjuring. Yeah. The human mind conjuring where you can kind of create the things. But I do think there's something there either from urban legend built around it. I mean, if that, if it, if that, if that, if it's true that that's what happened, they drowned a bunch of babies out there, then I definitely believe the energy of that, whether it's coming from the babies or just the people knowing. I think there's the guilt, the energy of guilt on something like that, whether it's the parents or the townspeople that were like, you know, the next year, you know, maybe that wasn't a good idea. You know, even though they realized that they were wrong, they're still going to be haunted by that guilt. It's another human at the end of the day. And, I, you know, history has been often showing us that humans haven't exactly cared about humans a couple of times in our history. But I do feel like uh, even in the most evilest things, I think that some of the people in that room still hold guilt, even if the other half don't hold the guilt. And I think that guilt... Uh, stays with them forever at like like a cancer or something would a cancer that you wouldn't die from it would just continue to it'd be like a, an attachment that guilt is pretty much a guilt like is an attachment pretty much you know what i mean just like hate and all that stuff that an attachment to attaches to you and drains you your energy you know very uh interesting stuff 
Yeah, it's for shizzle. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, uh, February 25th, I believe it was, right? 25th or the 26th? I believe it's the 2-5. Sunday, February 25th, 2024. Mechanics Hall, 319 Main Street, Worcester, Massachusetts. Dead of Winter Horror Festival. Doors open at noon. I don't exactly know when films start up. We will be there. Are you going to be there for a good chunk of the day or try to be? Yeah. So we'll, we'll be at our booth the majority of the day and the film will be playing. I think it's one of the first, I think they're, they're playing like 15 films. I think it was like playing like fourth or fifth, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Um, if anybody wants to check out that flick or if they just want to come by, say, Hey, we'll be at the boombastic films booth and, uh, come find us. Where we look like the two guys from Mostly Ghostly. We'll have some other people with us. But if you enjoyed the show, go listen to more wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to catch the video, the uncut video is on the Patreon. So you can hit us up at patreon.com backslash boombastic streaming. Boombastic with two O's. That's streaming, ladies and gentlemen. You go there, you get all the uncut videos of the podcast, and you get over 25 of our films, and it's always growing, and all types of cool perks and limited stuff for our patrons. So uh, we love you either way, whether it's uh, freebies or patrons. But uh, with that being said, we hope everybody is cool. And we'll see y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. (laughs) 